Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today I'm excited to re-release the episode that I recorded on our very first podcast with my friend, Ian Mitchell. Ian is an amazing scientist and our conversation today covers the body's ability to heal from the standpoint of science. This isn't a woo-woo conversation. This is all about the science. I enjoyed this episode so much, and I'm excited to release it again for you now. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Julie. I'm excited and incredibly jazzed to be here. So some of our listeners might be a little confused by why I wanted to kick off my podcast with such a science guy. <laughs> and so I want to jump in a little bit about, you know, why is it that you think that I would want, as I've called you a mad scientist, your nickname is the wizard, um, somebody who uses his brain and has a very science-based approach to be talking to all of us about autoimmunity and healing. Sure. Yeah, I think actually what I do overlaps incredibly well with it because the the crux of a lot of the things that I've approached um, really deal with inflammatory response and autoimmunity. That's kind of dealing with inflammatory response systemically is really kind of the core of a lot of the components that trigger your body's fight with autoimmunity. I love it. And, and I know you don't only work in, in autoimmunity, you, you touch on pretty much anything big that I can think of that uh, humanity is dealing with at the moment, whether it be. <laughs> I just to stop just autoimmunity today. That's it. <laughs> okay. no, we are going to focus there, but I want everybody to know that, you know, you, you, I, you bring a very varied background to the conversation. That is very true. Yeah. I do everything from biochemistry to chemistry, to physics, to quantum physics, to all sorts of weird, bizarre projects I work for, for all kinds of groups, you know, quantumly entangled satellites for uh, remote telemetry for NASA, gamma shielding, carbon negative concrete to decrease the global CO2 burden. Um, yeah, you're and- right. Let's, let's talk about autoimmunity. <laughs> That's a lot there. <laughs> That's the thing is, yeah, I do. But, you know, when I when I try and deal with all the, the commonality of all the things that I'm doing are to make life better for people. Right. And that's that's it at a core. I mean, you know me. And that's that's really it sounds kind of like lip service, like, oh, I, I love taking long walks on the beach at night. But it's actually true. I mean, I both can tell the audience it's 100 <laughs> percent true. Yes. Yeah, I really am Just trying to absolutely. help. And to that end, most of the conditions that I've seen with people that really create kind of physical and devastation, you can eliminate so much of it if you just hit a couple of core components. And, you know, your body is your body's trying to do everything it can to get back into some sort of homeostasis. And when it's out of kilter, 
kind of, I feel like my job is to just provide it with the tools it needs so that it can do what it wants to do. I mean, it, it's a brilliantly intelligent system. Anybody who, who actually studies physiology and biochemistry, if you do not find yourself in a state of pure awe when, when looking at the body, you're doing it wrong. You know, <laughs> so. so you, my friend, this grand scientist, are are you saying that you agree that the body can heal? Hundred percent. It's designed to heal. You know, it has really. When you look at um, when you look at what the body is, to my estimation, it's an information system. And I know we were both just at the uh, the the biohacking conference in Orlando, and. One of the one of the demonstrations that I did was uh, for a quantum quantum biology company that I I work with and I'm on their board of advisors for science and they asked me to come out and do a demonstration to show you know this quantum stuff because everybody thinks of quantum as kind of woo woo and the and the problem there is there's not really a definitive nomenclature whereby people can communicate because one guy says quantum and he means, you know, small packets of discrete energy. One guy says quantum and he means wave things. And another says, and he, he means, you know, like the woo woo stuff between people. It's, you know, there, there just isn't really a good defined parlance for everybody to talk about it. But in this case, what I did um, was to take someone who was horribly allergic to shellfish, do a dermal roll, put some crab in it, and, you know, they had, as you would expect with, you know, just basically an allergist test, um, big histamine reaction immediately. And then I took the standard little quantum block, which is just literally plates of metal and put the same crab juice in for a couple of minutes while I was lecturing. And then I took it out and did a dermal roll on his other arm and put the same package of crab juice on with no reaction. And the reason it didn't react is because we think of, you know, molecules as these very tiny round little things, but in, in, in actuality, they're, they're an interference pattern. That's all information. And the edges of those waves are jagged. It's more like Legos than smooth marbles, you know, so that they have surfaces and what you're actually reacting to with the histamine reaction is not so much the, the chemical compound, but it's the, the energetic components around it in terms of the waveform interactions. Some are additive resonant harmonics, some are destructive, you know? So um, what I did was just simply smooth out the surface of the interference pattern so that biologically it didn't have anything that was sticky, you know, kind of like rubbing the carpet in the right direction. And autoimmunity plays in in such a way that when the body's dysregulated, it has all of the intrinsic information to heal itself. It's just generally something has created an impediment to it, whether it's a, a decrease in, um, you know, energy, you know, which is why I focus a ton on mitochondrial health, or if it's just a systemic toxicity, which is, you know, and, and those, th those two things, they're kind of like the, the bad bandit brothers of inflammatory response, you know, sure. decrease there's never energy. just one by itself. Cause if you're toxic, your mitochondria is struggling. Yeah. It's, it's right. And yeah. You know, most of the things that that you've seen me play with, there it's never one system because I have yet to find like, ooh, look, the magic bullet. You know, it's uh, it's rare. So usually, we're a complex system. So in order to address what we're doing, you have to provide the body with a whole host of tools that it needs. So and and it's not you can't give what it needs as step one is step three, or you won't have an impact, right? You can't give something that's not bioavailable. You know, like, oh, I had 15 pounds of grape jelly slathered on my body. I'm no longer hungry. If it's not in the right space, it doesn't really matter how much you have. 
You're not going to direct don't eat, it. Don't eat grape jelly. It's inflammatory. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's glycemic training is what it is. So, <laughs> yeah. so if, I, if I hear you correctly, I'm going to, I want to dumb it down a little bit for our listeners and myself. Um, we've had enough conversations about this. I know what you're saying, but what I'm hearing is we, we get blocks. We're designed to heal. The body can heal. It is incredible. Um, but so we need to not only address the blocks, whatever it is that's causing, you know, you mentioned toxins as a possibility or energy. Um, but then what I hear also is then, then we need to give it to what it needs to, we need to make sure it has what it needs to repair and that we're not stopping that process. Well, okay. So a couple of things that I can speak to perfectly along those lines. Um, so one product that I developed was to regenerate hair. And a lot of people actually post COVID are having issues with things because there's, there's a drop in um, endocrine function after COVID. And it's, it's pretty consistent. I'm on a lot of the long hauler boards because I, I had COVID twice. So I've been on the long hauler boards and a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the women um, report hair loss and things like that. And that's because um, it, it, it appears to, uh, affect mitochondria and the highest point of mitochondrial density in, in women is in their ovum. And because of that, you end up with this cascading endocrine dysregulation. And so they start to lose hair. So my thought was localize a decrease in inflammatory response and upregulate the energy. And it worked like a champ, right? So I just used a couple of molecules and peptides, um, you know, some nanoparticles, some peptides, configured them properly with a penetrant to get them inside the cells drops the local inflammation, upregulates the energy, triggers a bunch of fibronectin and, and collagen production kind of systemically. And then follicular cells, they do what they want to do. They get back to work, right? They've got the energy. They don't have the inflammation. The highways are clear. They're going back to work. And, and, that's, and that's the same thing that I've seen with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, if you drop out local inflammatory response, and, and I know you've, you've looked at the, the stuff that I make for rheumatoid arthritis, the idea there was slightly different in that when people have some sort of rheumatic condition, very often there's sclerotic tissue that amasses, right? So they get scar tissue in a joint and it's kind of this negative feedback loop where you move the joint and it hurts. So it gets more inflamed. So you move it. So it scars and it gets more inflamed. And eventually you build up this aggregate mass of all the sclerotic tissue. And so in order to roll that back, the idea there is you, you drop the inflammation and you provide enzymes to the area so that the enzymes can actually go in and break it down into little components that your body can use, pop into your lymph system and you can excrete. So every time you take this stuff, it, it drops the inflammatory response and starts dissolving. Uh, really, it's more dismantling, but the, the little components of human sclerotic tissue and they get taken out of your system. So every time you do stuff, you have a little bit more room to move because there's a little bit less media, which in turn means there's a little bit less inflammation. And so you take something that's a negative feedback loop and you turn it into a positive feedback loop and your body has what it needs and it just starts to heal itself. And then pretty much after that, we get out of the way and it does its thing. So what you're saying is we can not only stop the decline in its tracks, but we can actually reverse symptoms and reverse damage. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, really, again, all we have to do are 
provide the body with the tools it needs to do what it wants to do naturally. Because if you saw that, you know, part of this is you don't see these conditions typically in kids who are, say, 12-year-olds, you know, because they have so much intracellular energy production that, you know, when they have an impediment, their body just woo, motors right through it and keeps going. It's, you know, it's the the older people in the mix. And I think, you know, from a biological perspective, when you hit kind of your mid-30s, you start to slow down as a guy. You know, you, you definitively start to slow down in your mid-30s. A lot of endocrine production starts to slow down. By the time you hit your 50s, things are really slowing down. You notice the creaky joints and, and this and that. And if you can just bump the energy up, then your body has enough to repair itself. And if you do, you know, kind of the brilliant stroke of not only just bumping the energy up, but actually taking some of the debris out, you're doing a great job. And yeah, it's it's a it's a very elegant system to end up at a place where you aren't just patching it over and, you know, band-aiding things together. You're actually healing. It's, I mean, the body is, in my opinion, and, and also my experience, and I, I've seen this a bajillion times in labs and in, you know, clinical work, people heal. That's what, that's what we do. We're designed to do it. Well, this is why I do what I do. You know, I was yeah. told, uh, absolutely, you know, you're going to decline. We're so sorry. That's what they said. We're so sorry. When I was diagnosed, you're so young. We'll keep you as comfortable as we can. Now I've only known you since I was at least very relatively well. I didn't know you when they were trying to get me to put a handicap placard on my car or when I was on 10 prescriptions. Um, but you know, we were talking about quantum physics. Funny when I believed that I would decline. Shocker. What did I do for 11 years? I declined. Um, yeah. But this, this concept of, you know, yeah, your, your products are amazing. Um, I'm excited to introduce anyone in my audience who doesn't already know them. And I'm really excited for the, the, the RA serum rollout is going to be amazing for people. Um, Agreed. And it's the, it is this, this concept, it's not a magic bullet. So I'm not saying, you know, I got off my prescriptions and here, take this magic serum. Um, it is a, it is a healing avenue, but you've got to make the changes to, to stop pulling that trigger. You know, whatever was driving your inflammation still does need to be addressed to a point. Now I know some of those triggers, boosting that mitochondria. And I mean, your serums really are magic. We don't call you the wizard for no reason. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I will say to anybody, you know, if you're having an ice cream cake every weekend and you take the serum, it it may or may not work as well as it could. Um, So I'm not saying it's an end all be all, but it is, it is amazing. um, Like you said, when you give the body what it needs and so many of us are lacking those I grow, you know, one of the reasons I love your serums, I grew up on a low fat diet. I can't imagine why I was sick. I mean, yeah. it's that simple. <laughs> Black build blocks, that's never hurt anyone, right? <laughs> exactly. But so many of us are missing, and so many of our listeners are missing those building blocks and don't and don't realize it. Well, and unfortunately, a lot of the things that are prescribed actually work to our detriment. You know, my my dad, he's a, a really brilliant guy. And I noticed um, a, a dip, as did he, just in terms of cognitive performance when he started doing statins. I knew well, you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's something that's going to break down your lipids, which you you kind of need that to, you know, continue to have your brain functioning. 
well, what do you expect? You know, I mean, it's like taking all the gas out of a car. You, you really can't expect it to go very far. So, yeah, I'd like to provide solutions, you know, especially for the people that are coming to, to do what you help with because of your own experience. Those guys need something that can give them a boost. They need something that can help them, but they also need something that's not going to have, you know, 15 detrimental things. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, we can move your toads, but we're going to leave you pythons instead. <laughs> you know, not the best approach. Well, which for at least the people that, that have, you know, entered that the world of rheumatology as I have, I mean, the, the, those treatment paths can be really detrimental, really, you know, and, and it's, I always used to wonder, is my brain fog because I'm so inflamed or is it come from these drugs I'm pumping in my body? I wonder which or both. I've wondered and I tried to call Glenn Fry to ask, unfortunately, for some reason, he couldn't return my calls. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's some, there's some detriment to it. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things that I really hope is that I'd, I'd like to be able to benefit people in a way that they get better, they heal, their body does what it needs to. And then most importantly, they don't have to continue doing it. That's actually, I think that's, that's one probably from the pharmacological standpoint, things that I really are more pharmaceutical, really, uh, that I probably annoy a lot of pharmaceutical people is everything I do is designed so people can use it and then stop using it. It's not such a great business model. But I, <laughs> I'm with you. My business, if I'm, you know, if I'm at all a decent coach, people don't need yeah. me to coach them for the rest right. of their lives. Yeah. Right? It's about giving the tools and letting them run. I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the beauty, you know, yeah. or, or you're helping and not fixing and you're a fixer. I, I know that already. Um, yeah, I, I do. I want to, you know, it's the corner of the board. I have the six things that I started out with when I opened the lab that I really want to solve before I, you know, keel over at some point. And, it's important to me. It actually means something, but a, a big component of that is, you know, truly wanting to leave this place better than I found it. And a lot of that is if people are in great shape, they do good things. When people are in spaces where they lack resources and where they lack health, they don't make good decisions and they're not kind to other people. I mean, if you fill in a, fill an entire country with bad food, inflammatory oils, uh, EMF waves that are, you know, dysregulating calcium ion channels in the brain. And then you hit them with stuff that makes their go parasympathetic to sympathetic all the time. So they're, ah! you know, they're, they're kind of approaching life like a meerkat. Um, that sounds like it, 2021 in the United States is what you just described, pretty, sadly. Well, socialized mattering of social isolation. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> So if, if we can address all those things, then life will be better for everybody. People will be happier and they'll make better decisions. So, I mean, what you and I do, it, it's small steps, but it collectively, you know, it's that's the journey, right? It begins with the first step, journey of a thousand miles. It's, it is amazing. Would you be willing to share? I know you said some of them already, but would you share those six things with our audience. So for those that are unfamiliar with you, I want them to understand um, when I think of you and I think of big contribution uh, or big brains, <laughs> big so willing to take on big problems and know they're solvable. Um, so I just want them to know who it, who it is that's, that's, you know. So the, the six things when I opened the lab were the first on the board was aging. And the reason for that, there, there's so many, 
symptoms um, of aging that are really just inflammation. Pretty- <laughs> mitochondrial dysregulation, toxic buildup, uh, lack of intracellular efflux, things not moving out the way they need to. Um, all that stuff, it's a cascading system. So that was the first thing on the board to knock out. And and I won't say that I knocked it out um, because the, the data on that's going to take a while to collect if I did it sure. properly. Um, but I will say, you know, my lab animals live 93% longer than they were supposed to, you know, which is why. 93%. I want to make sure everybody heard that. Yeah, percent longer, which I think still is a, is a record for any mammalian lifespan extension thing. So that, that was a good one. And it, it caught the note of some, some influential people. Uh, and then the next one was cancer. And, and that was kind of tied in because in terms of my lab animals, what I used were P53 knockout mice, which are tumor mice and the p53 gene is your tumor suppressor gene so that that was missing and generally when that's missing they get all these unfortunate tumors all over their body and they didn't get them you know and it, it was it was peculiar i mean it was a bit of a shocker to me when i did the the first necropsy i looked inside and thought am i just missing it you know the, <laughs> that particular that particular mouse had died of a femoral hemorrhage and i looked at it and i thought surely there's got to be some tumor in here somewhere. And I found one little bitty kind of nibbit of a growth, but I didn't take it any further. So the, the next ones I sent out to a vet pathologist, just because, you know, they are, they do that every day. They're far better than I am. And, you know, they, they know all the nice mice bits. So they, they get the <laughs> they know where to look. Yeah. They, they get all the proper mousy parts. Um, so, but the same thing occurred, you know, no incidence of death from tumors or really even any tumors. There were a couple of things that might have been, but usually with, with the P53 knockout mouse, there is no question you have these huge bulbous growths. And to go from that, where you're looking at, you know, histology, trying to go, is there anything here? Can we find anything that might actually, you know, show that there was some sort of tumor burden? And when you can't get anything conclusive in an entire cohort of mice, that's a really weird data set. I mean, it's, it's very anomalous. It just doesn't happen. And so that was, that was item number two. And then based on that, um, I had been working on some other things and, and it all kind of came together in a way that knocked out, you know, I was able to knock out the metastatic spread of cancer, just a hundred percent. And so, you know, at some point, hopefully that becomes common knowledge and more people start using that sort of stuff. Um, the you, next one, was, you know, I'm I, a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm a fan of that getting out there too. So the next one on the list was global warming. uh, And I developed a carbon neutral concrete. And then that was very simple for me. So then I upped it and made a carbon negative concrete. And it takes out 24% beyond the 8% that it would be normally accounting for production of. So it it gives you a net 32 negative uh, in terms of global concrete production for carbon emissions. So, so it would live. I'm, I'm going to pause you on this one um, because yeah. those of us that have been diagnosed with autoimmunity typically are told, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So we hear all the time, you know, there's nothing we, you know, we've ruined our environment. There's nothing we can do about it. Also not true. Not true. Not true. You know, the thing is we can definitively take, take that back. I, I mean, if everybody ubiquitously adopted just what I just patented, it'd draw about 13 gigatons a year, which is a third of all of the global greenhouse gas emissions. Frankly, I, the, the CO2 is, it's the one that gets all the press, but there, there are things in our environment that actually are, I find far more pressing. Um, 
that aren't really listed, but, but I like the idea of dealing with the CO2 because when people become conscious and very aware of, you know, like, Oh, there is a problem when they start addressing one, they're going to address more than one. And I, and that's really kind of my hope is that in giving people some tools to knock out the ones that they're really focused on, they start looking at the other things to knock out the others. Um, Beyond that, the next one is, is clean water. And that's a problem because our water, woo, it's loaded with toxins and, you know, pharmaceuticals and microplastics and xenoestrogens and all sorts of stuff that are endocrine dysregulators and disruptors. And, you know, it, it, it's not the kind of thing you go, golly, I'll take a glass of this. There's, there's some big problems. Um, so I, I'm working on technologies to do that. Uh, beyond that, um, energy systems, because I view that's kind of like, it's kind of the global equivalent of not having enough money, right? People don't make good decisions when they don't have money. People don't make good decisions if they don't have energy, because if you have a really good, clean supply of energy, you can have desalination and you can end up with water that you can drink and your life is better. You know, so that energy systems was kind of a biggie. And I've got some things in the, in the works on that that are, uh, well, they're actually, they're different than, than most of the things now, but they're not really different than stuff that's been around for the past hundred years, just not for whatever reason, you know, as my dad always says, truth is like the shorter man in a room. A lot of people just look directly over it. And, and in this case, there, there are a lot of things that, um, you know, were done in the turn of the last century. Um, Tesla, Walter Russell, there's, there's some really bright guys out there that all came at different approaches, uh, and found things that made a big dent. And so I've just kind of done the the 21st century update. The fine of, tuning so we yeah. can add Ian yeah. Mitchell to that list of yeah. 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 And then the last one was superluminal travel, which is just the faster than light travel. And I don't actually have that one pegged. I've got relativistic travel pegged, which is you know getting you up to light speed. Um, but and, and that sounds like kind of a bold claim. <laughs> uh, but and I and I'm aware of that. But you know, if you you know, the other stuff I'm doing, like I'm working on gamma shielding for NASA and then, you know, uh, quantumly entangled satellites and, and a bunch of other weird things. But this is actually not really that strange. Um, the, the ideas have been out there for a while. There were just a couple of components that weren't quite addressed properly. And so uh, I don't, I, you know, to be clear, I, I haven't cracked that egg because I, I don't have anything that'll go faster than, but I, but I do now yeah. have things approximate. Yeah. And yeah. And that's the thing is, I I do believe it's possible. I think I'd be hosed if I didn't think they were possible. I, I honestly, my conception of how things work is if you have a question, then inherent in the potential of the question is the answer. So somewhere out there, and it may not be now, it may be 500 years from now, and maybe a thousand years from now. Anyway, and anybody who's ever heard me talk about this knows that when I was a kid, my dad used to have me do this exercise where he'd ask me a problem and say, okay, here's the problem. Can you solve it? And, and if I could, I'd just solve it. And if I couldn't go, is there a solution for it 500 years from now? I go, you know, I know you go, okay. Thousand years from now I go, yeah, it'll definitely be solved in a thousand years. And then you go, okay, just project yourself into the future. See, look at what you think they've done in your imagination and just bring it back and do it. And at the time, you know, it seemed this kind of like sort of little esoteric thing that I didn't really understand, but over the years, I realized that, you know, there's, uh, there's some gems in there because it expands what you think is possible. And if you actually firmly believe that it's possible, 
you might not make it, but you stand a much better shot of doing it than if you think there's absolutely no way in the world you can get it done. And so I just, I literally try and approach every problem like that. So So we should all thank your father basically for the. Yeah. Yeah. In truth. He's making (laughs) all of us. (laughs) He's actually, yeah. He's had some uh, pretty, pretty profound gems that he's uh, thrown in my direction that were, that were really formative, you know, and, and actually, I mean, aside from the fact that he's a really brilliant guy, he was very grounded. He grew up as a really poor kid and, you know, uh, ended up, you know, becoming a professor. But he dropped out of school because my grandfather got tuberculosis, uh, faked his age, joined the merchant marine, shipped out, went all over the world and ended up stuck in India as a teenager. You know, kind of kind of a very colorful background, but really just a gem of a human. And, and he always told me, you know, kind of when I'm doing what I'm, I'm doing, uh, the one I think that stood out the most was uh, I was doing monetarily incredibly well at the time. And he said, uh, he said, you know, I just want to make sure that when you get wherever it is you are going, you're the same person who got on the train, because sometimes you're in first class, sometimes you're in coach, and sometimes you're shoveling coal. Don't let it fundamentally alter who you are as a person. And it was uh, profound. You know, it, it really it really did impact me because uh, that's pivotal, you know, because sometimes you do incredibly well. And I think that's why the core of all this for me is how can I help? Right. Because we, I mean, at times we all need help. Like I need help all the time. And uh, so when I'm able to give it, you know, I try and do that because there's a sort of reciprocity in the world and and that's, that's kind of the important stuff. So that's it. Well, and, and give it, you do. And, and I think one of the things that's so amazing and unique about you is that you you have this broad focus right it's it's the whole world it's all the problems it's not just you know <laughs> i i mean there are people who spend their lives you know working on cancer or working on you know maybe not even trying to treat ra sadly you know a drug for or um and and so we've had conversations before about this this view of you know when when there obviously what's going on in the universe is affecting all of us at all times, but we're not always aware of that. Sometimes we get stuck in what's going on with us right now to, to kind of circle back to your idea of, you know, when you're, when you don't physically have the energy, it is difficult to be a good human and a contributing human. Yes, it is. It is. It is. And and I've seen that even with my own healing journey, the better I feel, the more I want to do, you know, that's why I'm, I started the podcast. I want to, yeah. I don't want anybody stuck at home thinking that RA is a death sentence and, and just how slow or fast is it going to be? That's, that's, you know, that doesn't need to be the story. Um, so I'm, I thank you for helping me change the story from a perspective of, true science base, um, as somebody who, you know, you've, you've helped me, um, so greatly, not just as a friend, but <laughs> as a scientist, um, I've seen, you know, what your products can do, you know, you know, the, the, your anti-metastatic serum has, is important in our family. Um, we know firsthand it works. Uh, yeah. and, um, so, and I haven't gotten into this on the podcast yet, but I had a pretty, really good head injury a year and a half ago. And 
sure enough, I into the rescue with his, his brain products. And it was, it was life-changing, life-saving really. Um, so I'm excited to bring the RA serum to the world and those struggling as an extra tool, because I know if they make the changes in lifestyle and address those levers, they will heal. Um, this is that boost though, like, like nothing else that, that really is amazing. Yeah. Um, Leg up in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I was so excited to dive in with you that I, I skipped what was supposed to be my first question, which is, and I know you've done a lot of podcasts and a lot of people really, you know, have heard you speak many times, but what is one thing about you that our audience either may not know or may be surprised to learn? Ooh, uh, huh. Boy, that's a, that's a good question. I'm pretty much an open book. Uh, let's see. Like a fun uh, fact. A fun fact, a fun fact. Um, I, well, you know this. I don't know how many other people would. Uh, when I moved to Austin, I was voted the best new jazz artist in Austin uh, because I'm a saxophonist and have done that my entire life. Uh, I heck of a dancer. Know. People might not know that. Uh, I have. That, I have. That is true. And actually, <laughs> that when I was yeah, when I was growing up, I joined all sorts of stage productions and theater productions just as a dancer because I like dancing. And that, <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, yeah. And you know, let's see. And I've got a, I did a lot of dance, a, a lot of um, martial arts um, that, but all sort of more peaceful styles like Aikido and things like that um, because they made more sense to me uh, until I ran into a problem with uh, flexor tendonitis because I was doing too much saxophone at the same time I was doing too much Aikido. So I had to give one of them up. Um and then, you know, people probably know that I meditate a ton um, just because I want to keep my brain all tapped in. Um, let's see. Oh. oh, go. No, go for it. It might even be the same one. I, you said brain tapped in and it reminded me. Do you, you do not drink alcohol or use any brain altering substances. No, that is that is true. In fact, <laughs> the conference we were just at. I have a friend uh, who shall remain unnamed that brought a fair amount of uh, illicit substances and um, they, they gave me a fair amount of them because they were trying to try them out and they wanted to see what everyone's response would be. And I, I took them as a courtesy, but I told them beforehand, I said, it's not going to have an effect on me <laughs> because the state that you're trying to approximate there is the state I'm actually already Live in. in. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> Oddly enough, I think it kind of at least one of the guys on the team there, because I, I do contract work for their company and development and things like that uh, on a biochemical side. I think one one of the guys in their company was a little incredulous about the fact that a huge dose had no effect on me. But but in truth, I mean, that's because at a certain point, your brain is functioning differently and it has more firing going on than a normal person would. Yeah. But, but that. I mean, literally 30 years of meditation and, you know, deep, deep, deep work, you're going to have some effects, right? <laughs> you know, you go. Well, to, and to you clarify go. for the audience, the, when you refer to an illicit substance, you are not talking about A, anything e technically illegal, B, anything that would down regulate your brain power. You're talking about brain, brain boosting. I'm guessing we were at a biohacking conference. Yeah. 
we love to boost, right? So, yeah. um, and actually, yeah. in no, none of them were, uh, they were illicit, but uh, technically not illegal because they're not right. even so they're not, they're, they don't even exist yet. <laughs> they're re- so. Well, they're research chemicals that you can right. only get countries. And right. <laughs> you know, so. But I wanted, I wanted our audience to understand how protective you are of your brain and body and how thoughtful you are about, you know, yeah. what, what you put in it. And, and it's, which is really, it's a gift to the world because, because that brain is a resource. <laughs> yeah, a, it is. Everybody's brain is a resource and everybody's theology can be upregulated. I'm, you know, before we started today, uh, you know, I told you I was doing a, a B cell procedure on myself in my lab and yes. I was pulled 180 mils of blood and made PRP and then activated it with lasers and then re-injected it. And yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I wouldn't do it if I didn't see. And there's a, a fair amount of data that's starting to amass on the benefits of stuff like that. But yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm constantly looking to level up and when there are old broken components, I want to replace them. So, you know, a lot of the things I do are senolytics to take out zombie cells so that, you know, I don't, I don't have things that are creating cascading detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Right. You know, you get some zombie yeah. cells. They do a, you know, you know this, but your audience may not. the The function is called paracrine signaling, and it's basically it's a, a signal through a certain organ system or you know endocrine system in in that local environment. And just say five percent of the cells dysregulated will cascade out and affect you know twenty five percent, and that's a big drop, right? So you've got to you got to take out the trash. You have to eliminate that stuff, and so. I'm constantly, yeah, looking for things to optimize my brain function, optimize my biological function as a whole. I mean, it's I, my brain serum, the one you took, I, I take that stuff like it's going out of style. You know, we, we actually literally were discussing yesterday, putting it on tap in the lab. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and and I have no it. doubt you shortly will. <laughs> We actually got a kegerator for that purpose. So <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, I really, really hope you will come back and talk to us again. I'm trying to keep the episodes within a drive. Um, and so, and I know we have a lot more to talk about that'll benefit yeah. the audience. Anytime um, you come in, you'll have me, I'd be happy to be here. Well, then it's going to be weekly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We'd love to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> two two last questions. One would be a simple, small step that anybody listening can take to up-level their health, no matter where they are in their health journey. Don't eat one day a week. Just skip eating one day a week. That's it. You know, take the, uh, take the Gandhi approach. Just pick a Monday and don't consume. Does it require anything? Very, very easy. You know, that's it. Love that. Awesome. Fantastic. And where can listeners find you? Uh, wizardsciences.com is probably the easiest on Instagram uh, at Mitchell one And, and, you know, generally people, a lot of people reach out to me and I, you know, I'm still a person. So I, I reach back. Yes, you are. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty accessible, you know, and if I can help anybody with anything, just ping me. I love it. And we will have that. Our, you're hearing it here first. We'll have that RA, RA serum coming at you shortly. And the links will be in the show notes to both Ian and his company and how to get your hands on that serum. Ian, thank you so much. 
Mwah. My pleasure, Julie. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.